Hey, hello everyone. This is Charlotte Pierce. I'm the producer of Ready Row USA, and we are here with our uh, guest cast for the for the evening. Uh, our artists, uh, Dan Boyne. You can s wave your hand if you uh, if I say your name. <laughs> Don't stand up though. Um, uh, he's an author, Dan Boyne, and uh, printmaker and sculptor Nancy Deesner. Nancy. And a uh, painter and photographer, Susan Wood. She's also a coach. And I think all of them are coaches as well. Uh, but filmmaker, uh, Eamon Glavin. So Eamon is a filmmaker and videographer. So welcome to the podcast, live stream slash podcast. Um, thanks for coming. Great to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> So Susan's out there on in Oregon, Eamon's in Philadelphia, Nancy's in Northampton, and I'm in Boston. So yeah, so it's it is truly Ready Row USA. Um, I'd like to to acknowledge a couple of sponsors before we get into our discussion about the connection between art and rowing and how these people, uh, these artists got involved um, in expressing their love for the sport that way. But our uh, my my uh, web designer, Good Inklings, has designed a new website. We've had it up for about six months now, goodinklings.com. Thank you very much, Laura Williams. And also Resolute and Sykes have been uh, sponsors for a couple of, or for about six months. And um, I actually have a Sykes shell now lodged at, at Community Rowing, which is the backdrop behind me. Love it. And... Burnham Boats, or as we know it, Burnham Boats Slings, is a, a sponsor and also a member of our uh, Customer Service Hall of Fame. And our good, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, advancing them in the right location. <laughs> um, good Inklings, like I said, she's the web designer. And... Uh, I would like to uh, have each of you maybe give a little brief introduction of your rowing and and how you've connected it with your art. And Nancy, do you want to go go first? And we'll sure. uh, we'll just kind of go around briefly, and then we'll just have a discussion. Sure. So um, I started rowing really late in life at fifty-seven um, and fell madly in love with it. Sculling. Um, I've never done sweep, but um, one of the things, among many things that I loved about it was um, this incredible relationship with the water of just flying across the surface of the water. And I, um, soon after I started rowing, I, I came into a, um, an old wooden fiberglass flyweight shell that um, Calvin Coffee, it was an old coffee single, that CRI was giving up for their new Hudsons. And I restored that boat and I learned an awful lot about um, boat building and some of the skill and crafts that goes into it. And um, then soon after that, I um, was working on a uh, proposal for a show around the theme of the space between. And it seemed to me, well, the space between, you know, the, the I was thinking a lot about the space between this, this beautiful sky and the heron and, and then this dark water that was like the subconscious um, and where those two met. Mm -hmm. And so that started the, the boat 
uh, paper sculptures that you see. I'm, I'm actually not a sculptor, but um, <laughs> these are, they're filled with images. Um, and some of the skills yeah. that I learned from building boats are there. That's and I, I met you um, at CRI, but it, it, through that, uh, the Robbie, when you're restoring that boat, which it just, yeah. it just says so much about you, you know, like thorough immersion <laughs> in this, <laughs> in this uh, sport and the craft and the art and how things are constructed and built. So, yeah. Well, it was, yeah. A, it was a sweet boat. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. It lives on, I think somewhere. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Susan, tell us a little bit about uh, your your uh, paintings. I actually kind of got to know them on Instagram, and then we connected. But you you know a lot of people I know, and I think you know Dan as well. So, um, well, first off, thanks Charlotte for including me. I appreciate what Ready Row USA is doing. So thank, thank you. you for promoting the idea of artists and rowing. Mm -hmm. um, I started rowing in 1980 in college, and I um, was completely fall in love the moment I saw it because I love the light and I love how light kind of reflects off the water and reflects off the puddles you leave and especially when the water is calm and you see the reflection and I am so grounded whenever I see nature or I'm in nature and so I instantly had a real visceral reaction to just being on the water or seeing it from afar. Um, my first freshman year of college, I just obsessively photographed it and from every possible angle, hitchhiking everywhere in the early hours and just loved it. And I think in that moment, I also learned how to watch the sport. And so I developed, started to develop without my knowing it and I for coaching it as I would ride in the launch with any coach that would let me. Um, in 1982, I started coaching it. So I always have this, it's almost like um, my passion's kind of fighting as far as I love to row, <laughs> I, row. I do sweep and sculling. Um, I love to coach. I love the idea mm -hmm. of using my words to try to form a person into making a boat go well and having them row well. But most of all, I just absolutely love the beauty of it. So I photograph it every single day. And then when I paint, I'm just simply trying to capture what I feel or what I see and expressing it. Sometimes I paint following a dream I had about rigging. Sometimes I paint. <laughs> We've all had those dreams. <laughs> but, um, I just, you know, I, I love every aspect of it. And uh, I feel fortunate that I seem to have the ability to express it visually. So it just brings great joy to me to share it. I love it. Thank you so much for, for being here and, and telling us. I've, I've learned a lot already. I'd just like to mention um, that this is Ready Row USA, and some of you may be listening after the uh, we pull the audio from the live stream. So we, uh, we will have all these images of the artists that you're hearing on our uh, blog post at readyrowusa.com. So Never fear, you will be able to connect with them through that. Their websites are also there. But thank you so much, Susan. These are a few of your images, and I love the puddles. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, um, I think they're fascinating and just beautiful. Um, when I first started rowing, I called them dimples. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there, and then, yeah, so... Wow. Yeah, aren't they cool? Aren't these great? 
So you, 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 you all who are listening will, will uh, be able to see these on, on readywareusa.com. So thank you. So Dan, you're next up. Uh, tell us what your background is a little bit. I know you're a Harvard rowing instructor and a yoga instructor and the prolific author of rowing books. So how did that come to be? I just want to listen to Nancy and Susan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get uh, it. Yeah, I get it. No, it's fascinating. I, yeah. um, like most, became fascinated with the beauty of the sport. And I started rowing back in the 70s, mm-hmm. which is kind of strange since I'm only 30 now. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Advanced, <laughs> advanced mathematics. Um, that's what they teach you at harvard or that's right that's right yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. so um at the time there weren't too many books on rowing out there there were rigging manuals there were a lot of technical <clears throat> books on coaching there used to be this big red book that was really wonderful because it was so amateur it was essays <laughs> by various coaches on how to rig how to was even a chapter like how to coach women's rowing. It's different, you know, by of course a man. <laughs> yeah, by a man. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, but the book that really kind of inspired me to start writing was called The Amateurs by David <laughs> Halberstam, the um, celebrated yeah. journalist. And it was a small little wonderful book, um, journalistic in nature, very terse, very um almost like sketches of these scholars um, who are now famous, Mm -hmm. at least to some of us. And I know one of them. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was in college at Trinity, a small school in Hartford, Connecticut rowing. And I thought I really want to write a book about rowing, but what should I do? So then became this quest to figure out what to write about. And originally I, I saw myself as a fiction writer and like the two artists before me, I thought, well, that's the way to capture the beauty of sport. Fiction is more like art, literary art than nonfiction. That's what I'll do. But I, my first efforts were kind of a bomb, not everything, and curiously enough, the Red Rose crew, which is, I think, now being flashed on the screen, mm-hmm. um, not many people know this, but a section of the chapter on um, the scholar Gail Pearson, who was the seventh seat, was robbed or stolen, <clears throat> magpied from my original failed novel. <laughs> and I used it as a description of woman walking down the dock so sp- um, stolen by you. Stolen by me, for me. <laughs> okay. And uh, you never throw anything out. No. When you write. And uh, so long story short, I wrote a, a manual on sculling, but I really wanted to get back to this um, artistic rendering of the beauty of sport and words to mm-hmm. exhibit mm-hmm. some of the poetry, some of the visuals in words, uh, to paint with words to express the kinesthetic wonder of mm-hmm. boats moving across water. Um, as I think Susan said, or maybe it was Nancy, the probably Nancy, the light and how it re- reflects and refracts off the water, all of that, but in words. And 
to do that, I needed a story. So luckily, mm -hmm. the Red Rose crew was put in my lap purposefully by the women in that boat. And they said, you should do that. You should do this. Why don't you do mm -hmm. this? <laughs> and so I, I did that. And then I did the Kelly story um, by walking into a bunch of bars in Philly. <laughs> and the, let me, uh, the, let me get the that boathouse yeah, bars. And oh, the they... old old men in the, because all the boathouses there have little, or a lot of them have pubs. Yeah. And I was just thinking of writing this book. I wasn't really definite about it. But by the time I finished going through these boathouses, they're all introducing me as the young man who was going to write the book about Jack Kelly. And he's Several the father of Grace Kelly. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. And um, anyway, I'm talking way too much, but my last book just came out, uh, which was autobiographical about how I wrote a Trinity, more humorous, the mm -hmm. seventh seat. And, um, and finally, to be published coming up in a year will be my first detective novel called Body of Water. All dealing with um, rowing. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, I row uh, occasionally with one of your subjects of the Red Rose crew, Anne Warner. And it, I loved how you described them, you know, and I actually read the book on audio. <laughs> Is that qualify as reading uh, no no <laughs> dan but it was great you know i'd walk my dog and listen to the book and it was it came to life for me you know the words are the words are the words so true yeah um we're gonna come around to eman glavin our filmmaker and photographer and uh hi eman thank you for for waiting all good you're, great to be here you're good yeah so tell us a little bit about how you connected with expressing yourself through film and yeah and so I, I spent a lot of time uh trying to train as much as I could and then it got to a point where I wanted to challenge myself to follow what my idols had been doing on YouTube and I created daily vlogs and mm -hmm. I filmed myself rowing every single day I created one video per day I built a very small following in the rowing community and then next thing I know, I, you know, I'm back home in Philadelphia from having lived in Ireland, you know, just tooling my thumbs, trying to figure out what was next for my, me and my life. And I started filming essentially some of the top lightweights in the country, trying to mm -hmm. train for the Olympics and get to the Olympic level. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing that, I met a few other people. And next thing I know, I'm filming Jevy Stone and her training group down in Austin, John Graves, and then one thing led to another and I'm creating a full feature length film documentary about going from an independent club rower to the Olympics and the process that you have to go through to get through to that. There've been a couple of very key points in my life mm -hmm. of, you know, I, I started rowing in high school. I made a video about, you know, my high school's rowing team. And then I went to college and I was helping run that rowing team. And while I was there, I was doing all the media and, creating the videos to put on the Instagram so that we could attract a little bit more alumni, you know, donations to help us fund ourselves to keep going. And that just kept extending, extending, extending. And next thing I know, I'm using one of the biggest cameras that anyone's ever seen on a launch. That's not like a professional production. No, let me get that up there. Yeah. yeah. And this thing is where I'm spending a lot of time behind on the launch holding 
trying to make sure that I can capture some extremely cool looking rowing. Now, do you so, take that in the shell too or the single? <laughs> no, but I'll actually, I'll take my drone and I'll fly the drone while I'm rowing. That's and that, that kind of, uh, but no one's ever done that before. Like it's always that, ever been someone in the launch yeah. and someone in the, uh, yeah. on the side of the dock. So when I was talking to you before we set this, you know, as we were setting this up, you said something about your approach to video, because like there are, you know, millions of hours of rowing video out there. Yeah. And and how do you sort of, um, I don't know, what's your niche? Uh, My niche in the whole is I can do like slow motion, high quality slow motion videos. So mm -hmm. I like to call it the... Uh, the coach's eye and you know you everyone has the the coach on the the launch that just films it from the side mm -hmm. and it always looks the same you can kind of work on technique but mm -hmm. the reason i have this giant lens to zoom is so that i am right up in their nostrils essentially <laughs> and one of the things that's on screen right now is i am using two gopros in the boat right there I'm using one yeah. that is really small. You can see it in my hand. And that is the first GoPro that was ever created or one of the first. And that's shooting in 720p. That large screen behind it is the second GoPro and that's shooting in 4K. Wow. So you can wow. see the difference in what wow. the size of the footage is. And it's really, really nice to be able to zoom yeah. in a little bit and not lose quality. And then you can edit that in and out of a... Piece. Yep. Right, yeah. And so when I film and create for uh, social media, which is a lot of what I'm doing right now, I'm focusing a lot on posting on Instagram and TikToks, vertical videos. Mm -hmm. I still shoot horizontal because I'm, okay. I'm always thinking to shoot my footage horizontal because rowing is a very horizontal sport. It's very long boats, sideways, yeah. you know, the stroke. It's very difficult to get it vertical. And so well, I'm Nancy does that with her lot. art. Yeah, <laughs> she's got the got the vertical yeah. boats. Yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm able no, to use a, like a mm -hmm. 4K image and crop in and not lose any quality. And yeah. a lot of people tend to when they crop in, it gets very blurry, and everyone's like, "Oh, it just looks like crappy video." Yeah. So that's where my niche is: is I'm actually able to use equipment, having been trained with it and tried it, and be such a rowing nerd that I'm going to go to the practices every day to film the practices. And that allows me to get tons of different types of shots. Yeah, that's cool. I had one one other question for you, but I wanted to acknowledge the fact that we have one of our fans here, uh, rowing the world, Ruth Marr. She's got a rowing travel company, and nice. uh, yeah, so she's like one of my mentors in the in the um, I don't know rowing business <laughs> world, and uh, I really appreciate her. I like her approach to tra rowing travel as well, but. Um, and she has a question. Uh, do you think most rowers feel the same about the art of rowing as your articulate speakers express? And and uh, I don't know. You could. You all can. No. No. Not rowing. at all. Not at <laughs> all. Yeah. I think everyone's perspective of rowing is unique to them. Um, I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of overlap as well. Uh, it takes a lot of effort to do what we're all doing. You know, for Eamon to spend his efforts daily, you know, for Nancy to create that art, which I, I think is fascinating from um, 
you know, from her working on a boat and then expressing it like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Dan to be able to, I love the way you, you paint. What did you say? Paint with words. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it takes extra time to kind of take in what you feel from the rowing and then um, express it some way that other people can relate to. Um, just the effort of taking that time is mm-hmm. a lot that people don't generally do. And so that I, maybe that's the difference, but I think everyone looks at things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I always wonder, I, Oh, I'm sorry. No, you go. I just, I always have this fantasy because I, I just think there's so many things that are so beautiful about <laughs> mm-hmm. the rowing stroke. And sometimes I think, you know, maybe there should be a competition in the aesthetics of rowing. Like just <laughs> don't race, just the beauty, like, yeah. you know, there's just so many beautiful rowers out there, um, you know, who are Olympians mm-hmm. or just someone next door. I, it's, it's so beautiful. Um, I think we should celebrate that. I, I agree. You know, every year about this time, you know, U.S. rowing and all these organizations start hyping up the competition. And that's good. You know, that's great. But Dan and I were talking the other day about, you know, how there's this kind of ocean of people and uh, dogs who, <laughs> um, you know, who are out there just kind of enjoying it. They may they may not want to compete. They may like me. I I compete once in a while, but I just, you know, it stresses me out a lot competing. So. You know, I just try to improve and, you know, I use com- competition as, as a way to improve and drive myself. But I don't know what, where I'm going with that. But I just, um, you know, I think that's more attention should be paid to that beauty and that just enjoyment and, you know, seeing the heron fly over the stern, you know. A, a regatta, though, um, is beautiful in and of itself. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a wedding where you know when things are going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. they slice the cake and now they do this. But with the regatta, it, I love the intensity and the individuality of the athletes mm-hmm. as they prepare, as they compete, how they react. It's stunning. I've done so much photography and I, I love your work, Eamon, as far as, you know, your, your close-ups and so forth. Back in the day, I used to take a whole lot of slides and then have like six projectors and make my own soundtracks of the sound of the boat and all that. And I just mm. never came with it when everything went digital. And you inspire me to want to uh, explore that. Yeah, I think um, so. It was flashed up there earlier, but when I filmed that, what was called the Regatta of Death, yeah, <laughs> that video is an encapsulation yeah. of one of the absolute most dreadful races you could be a part of if you reach that level so it's, I, it's I the, googled the intensity, it it was amazing yeah the intensity of you know you have to get top two in order to go and chase continue chasing your dreams have mm. the option to even compete for your dreams at the olympics mm-hmm. and if you don't get through reprojages or semifinals you stop racing whereas in other most other mm. races in the world stage you go to a c final or a d final or sometimes even an e final and you will continue getting enough racing through but at the regatta of death it's like it's done if you are not in top two you're done so third place we had i think it was the u.s men's pair got third place and tom Pezik mm. and mike DeSanto were one spot away from going to the olympics for another 
round. But that was it. They didn't they didn't cross the line yeah. in first or second mm-hmm. place. And those two the Spanish were the ones that were just like gave it their all and just out. Yeah. And even what I was thinking about asking you earlier was uh, what caught me about your description of your film was the taking an an independent rowing cl- club mm-hmm. member. So this is not somebody who's been sort of like groomed in the system, but somebody who's kind of taking it on themselves too. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. there's a there's a whole system that you can you can literally show up having never raced before mm-hmm. and like against anyone else and show up to the U.S. Olympic trials and become the winner and represent the U.S. And depending if on the world championships the year before, mm-hmm. if they've qualified the boat to go to the Olympics, you can go or you can just go and try and go to the FOQR race. Yeah. So that that's like a it's a very interesting uh, dynamic to be yeah. like an independent rower who has to support themselves. Yeah. We've currently changed our system in the U.S. rowing to be more club based. There used to be whole training centers like out in Oakland mm-hmm. and out in Princeton for the men's and women's team. And if you wanted to go to the Olympics, you had to be there because that's where the best trained. Mm-hmm. But you still have to be motivated. You know, you have to have a kind of the big picture in mind. You have to have your mm-hmm. goal. And yeah. Any yeah, other, sure. uh, any other observations or questions you want to ask each other? Or? One thing that I wanted to mention about um, Eamon's films that, that we haven't talked about um, is, is, um, I think when we when I first saw some of them, some of your videos, it was clear that it was they were made by someone who rose. That the rhythm mm-hmm. that went, you know, you're editing, you know, as much as the photography and everything else, but the editing was, you know, it was the rowing stroke going through um, from different, you know, you'd pick it up in a different rower, um, and yeah. I thought that was really unique. Like all of us, I've watched a lot of videos, and I just lo- I love that seamlessness. Yeah, that's that's one of those things that uh, novice editors will just start of you know a Mm -hmm. stroke at any point and then it jumps, and I always felt that you know like painting and like Mm -hmm. right reading like Mm -hmm. well written words it has to flow, and there's the stroke is like it's the same thing all the time, that if someone's at you know the finish and coming out and then they're up at the front it's like it's very jarring, and the only reason you would do that is for you know, to, for effect, but a lot of times it's just because someone doesn't realize, well, if you shift it very slightly, you, it'll flow better. And like telling people those mm-hmm. kinds of things, you know, people ask me a lot of questions about how to do it. And I'm like, well, first of all, connect the stroke all together. It always has to just continue. Um, someone named uh, rep reviews thinks you're doing awesome videos. <laughs> Yes. Do you know who that is? I have no idea. Yeah, that's nice. We're having some people join. That's just it's so satisfying. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Um, you're welcome to stick around and debrief after if you want. But uh, I'm going to put up a couple more things here about um, about the podcast. Uh, I am always I have an insatiable need for content. So um so please uh visit the website and send us your uh club news uh favorite gadgets stories about rowing i'd love to uh, cover them in the uh 
you know, in just in on the blog or or in the um, podcast. We're also going to be. This is our inaugural um, arts of rowing session. So thank you all for being part of that. The premiere. Um, but I'd love to um, you know have feature artists from time to time. So um, send us those suggestions as well. And we have an episode hashtag. It's Ready Row USA. Spell it out. Um, let me just feature uh, this up. Da -da -da -da. Oh, somebody says hi. Jeffinator says hi, Susan. <laughs> 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 I love these names, you know, Jeffinator. Uh, okay. I used to. Uh, I used to coach him. <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah, that's great. Um, so we do have this. I don't know why I can't. There I can. There it is. Uh, the, so use the hashtag on social media and we'll stalk you and, and give you stuff. Um, uh, companies give us things to to give away. So we want to do that. Um, and that helps us get the word out. Uh, in last December, we celebrated three years and 100 episodes. So this is our 114th. So we've had 14 since then. But uh, we had... Uh, the, the uh, recap or the replays are on, on the website under Roa Palooza, which is a silly name I gave to this uh, celebration of a every yearly celebration we have, as long as we, we keep going forward. We have a, a lot of good things coming up in 2022. So, you know, we're focusing this year on rowing for all. So, um, so just, you know, access and inclusion and um, broadening the sport. Um, and also fitness for life. So that's, those are the two main themes this year. Um, and art fits in, I guess, with fitness for life. It's mental fitness. <laughs> and uh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I wanted to mention that my publishing company, Pierce Press, we have a new book coming out called Oceans Alive, which sort of relates if, if you're into coastal rowing I guess you know you want to be but but it, all all waters affect the quality of the ocean so this kid who wears a kilt we don't really know why he wears a kilt but he does and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he just does and uh, he he and his friends go and and they're concerned about the condition of the ocean so they're saving uh, their uh, they organize their community to clean clean up the beach and other things Anyway, um, we have an, another book that won a couple of awards last year, Who's Hiding in This Book? And PiercePress.com is the website where all that can be found. And thank you again to our artists. Let me put your names on here. Thank you, Charlotte. Any, I, yeah. um, thank I, you very much, Charlotte. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love yeah. I love this topic. It's like it's not about, you know, how to do a stroke. It's it's, you know, like just the whole gestalt of the of the sport and why we enjoy it. Anything yeah, and the any fact that there's so many different ways to mm -hmm. talk about and show and showcase. Yeah. And I think understanding uh, artists uh, the art or you know, exposure to art Ooh. like yours helps with rowing too, you know. The rowing stroke is just—it's—it's it's an art in itself. So, I—I I, I get a lot out of it. So, Dan, any other? Any you want to close us out? Um, just by saying thank you, and uh, it's been a yeah. great 
talk. I think the question that the the person asked originally, uh, my answer to that would be in terms of how we see things versus the majority of people is that for me, art is like a second language and or a foreign language. And once you learn it, whether it's mm -hmm. film, painting, sculpting, writing, it gives you a perspective that's unique and allows you to reflect back on your subject of study, in our case, rowing in a different way from a different mm -hmm. perspective. Yeah, well said. Thank you again for all you do and uh, we'll close it out here, but- yeah, I'm gonna have to get some new books. <laughs> yeah, right? I don't know if Dan approves that I, I listen to books. Do you approve, Dan? <laughs> Um, I can't I read. Think... <laughs> <laughs> any, do, way I... you, any way you do it is fine. I have. I would uh, listen to the books while I'm erging. There, right. That's yeah. exactly. What, need I say more? I think Nancy is the one that turned me on to essential sculling, though, and that was really great. So. I took your book in the boat with me, Dan, when I was learning how to <laughs> scull, and it's it's completely waterlogged. It's highlighted even in the boat. So <laughs> I am not surprised, Nancy. <laughs> to make a waterproof version. All right. Well, this, this will be available on podcast apps tomorrow. So please keep putting it out. It was a wonderful discussion. Thank you so much. All Thank of you. you. Yeah. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Right. Thanks for having us. You. You're welcome.